Welcome to the Sonica Project, hosted by myself, Travis Marshall, and Pat Forstall. The purpose of our show is to talk with those that have inspired us and discuss challenges in life, past and present. We hope these stories push you to chase new challenges and press on. Overall, we hope to build a community that lives out our mantra of someday never comes. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Team Sonico, appreciate you guys coming out, listening to another one. Uh, just wanted to thank everyone who has listened, uh, who has taken the time to listen or check out the Instagram. If you haven't already, please go check it out. We got a sick video on there made by Snow Day, Snow Day Productions, boy Griffin Freeman. Shout it's out, a- Griff. Appreciate it, Griff. Um, at Team Sonico, we love you guys. Um, all the feedback, good, bad, ugly, you know, we appreciate it all. It's it's just another way to get better, right? Yeah. Um, Real quick with that too, like uh, we appreciate any feedback, anything uh, you you want to hear more of, or um, you know, yeah, any feedback, any any guests you want to hear on the podcast, we'd really appreciate hearing from you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, topic today: R two R two R, also known as rim to rim to rim. Uh, kind of a daunting task, which is basically just running the Grand Canyon, uh, south rim to north rim back to Southrim or vice versa. Uh, you know, we'll go into why we, you know, Pat and I decided to do this and then basically what it means for us and uh, kind of go from there. So Pat, do you want to, do you want to start it off and then I'll hit and hit my story? Like why, you know, why rim to rim to rim? Why, why did you want to do it? Um, or like, how did you hear about it? Yeah, dude, for sure. Um, yeah, I definitely remember like first hearing about it. It was a couple of years ago now. Um, I guess if you go back to my time in Pensacola, I was down in aviation supply school down there back in like 2019. Um, and I was like just starting to, you know, train a little heavier for uh, Marine Corps PFT. Um, but I still like refused to run more than like three miles or so. And my buddies, Aubrey Jones and James Hempill, shout out to those guys. They, uh, they would go out for these like five mile runs. And I was like, I just, I would, I will not do that. Um, well, you fast forward like six months and they start talking about going out to the grand Canyon. We were all stationed in San Diego, but they were talking about doing, going to the grand Canyon and doing rim to rim to rim. And I was like, what the heck is that? And they told me about it, you know, running like 46 miles, climbing like 10,000 feet of elevation gain and doing all that in one day. And, uh, I like thought that was, uh, just like not possible. Um, but they went out there, buddy Logan, shout out to Logan as well and crushed it in October. And, um, that was like October of 2019, I think. And from that point on, I kind of just had it in my head. Um, well for a little while I sat in my head as like something I just like couldn't ever do. Um, and slowly as I got some more confidence in myself, uh, like training for different events, rim to rim to rim just kind of sat in my mind. So, um, yeah, I think we kind of talked about it in, in the first episode, but back in January, me and you went for that run, um, and it was both on our minds, and we kind of just started going from there. But how did you first hear about it? Yeah, I was, uh, I think it was in sixth grade. I was, actually, no, maybe maybe a little bit later, like eighth grade or something like that. I was walking, walking the Grand Canyon from Bright Angel Trail, which is like, you know, the most popular part of the Grand Canyon, and I was walking down with my, my dad, and this dude, it was like sunset. And this dude, this old guy, comes running up like salt, just like crusted all over his body. I'm like, oh, this guy looks like he's in trouble, man. He's just gnawing on some granola. I'm like, 
and he kind of stopped right next to us. And I was like, yo, what are you doing? And he's like running the Grand Canyon and he just takes off. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that is the most savage man I've ever seen in my life. And I thought it was like the impossible. I was like for basically for the past like 15 years, you know, I was like, this is not even possible. Like there's no way I would ever be able to do that. Um, and then started hearing about some guys that I know doing it. Um, like the ones that you just mentioned. And I was like, you know, this is, this is something that I would love to do. I know the the vastness of the grand Canyon. I'm like, that'd be so sick. That would be just an awesome experience to uh, go out there and like kind of be that legendary dude that, came out of the depths of the grand canyon and was just like running the grand canyon here we go <laughs> it sounds it just sounds like a made-up thing right like i think that's one thing that's so interesting about it again I, I, I was someone that went from refusing to run more than three miles once a year to enjoying you know enjoying it and like trying to i, I want to get back out of the grand canyon to do it again like how, for you what it looked like going from you know i know it's a long time between eighth grade and when we completed it but like what are some of the kind of ways you see about going from like scratch to doing something like running you know running the grand canyon man you know if you if you if you want to break it down from like ground zero to running the grand canyon i think the first step is just going out for that first run yeah you know whether you know if you're if you're a casual runner and you go out and run two or three miles and you can do that fine you know you have a base you have a base of some sort and you understand your body a little bit um and i think that's that's the key. It's just like, as you evolve as a runner and me and you are not perfect runners, but as you evolve as a runner, you just, the way you get better is you just start understanding your body a little bit more. Your, your heart rate becomes a little bit more calm when you're running and then you're able to actually succeed in those long runs and you can actually fuel your body properly and understand like when a blister might come, what socks are going to give you a blister. And so I think I think from ground zero to running rim to rim to rim, it's really just about taking that first step of like, Hey, this is the goal I have in mind. It's the same thing with a marathon or a 5k or anything like that. It's like, this is the goal I have in mind and this is what I want to do. And there's a, there may be a mountain in front of me, but shit, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put everything aside and I'm going to do this. I'm going to chase this goal. Yeah. What about you? No, I agree. And I think, uh, I think like being patient comes to mind as well too. Like, you know, it, whenever you set out like a, a big goal, you know, whether it's, yeah, whatever, running a race or whatnot, like going from scratch to doing that, it, it takes time. So building out a plan that can get you there, you know, again, if you're going from like running a mile to trying to run like 46, like that's going to take a lot of time to build up, but it's something you can totally do. So it's about just like being patient, I think, and like trusting the process on it. Yeah, I think just like taking it bit by bit, like set set some actual goals in front of that, right? Like maybe it, again, we're, if we're we're talking about the Grand Canyon here, so maybe it's like making sure you can run a five k first, you know, ten k half marathon, marathon, and then you know maybe making that big jump from there. So yeah, and I th- one more thing, you know, not to not to backtrack, but I think that especially with these longer races, don't be afraid to encourage others to join you or. Or force other people to join you in yeah. runs because um, yeah. you're not going to get through it alone. That community aspect is huge, whether it's a local run group. Um, you know, here in D.C., there's a ton. In Atlanta, there's a ton as well. Uh, or just a good friend you come across down in Atlanta when you're visiting home. Like, you know, f- force them to run with you and, like, bring up an idea of this adventure. Yeah. And you never know. You never know at the end of the day how many people might want to join you on it. 
I think what was cool about this trip too is like um I kind of had the, the idea in my head of wanting to do more adventure type things like there's people I'd either seen on social media or just like stories I'd read of people going out on these kind of adventures and uh you know for for me at least like flying to Arizona finding places to stay like building out the logistics of like getting to the Grand Canyon at you know five in the morning and and starting a day-long adventure like this isn't a traditional race where you have a packet pickup and you have people like nutrition aid stations like waiting on you um it's one you have to kind of figure out on your own and it, it kind of it gives it a whole nother like spin on the adventure aspect of it too and uh it was something like i, adm- I admired other people doing and it kind of goes back to the whole like something never comes of like if this is something i admire and other people and i look up to and other people like is it something like how can i achieve it and so it felt really good to do that and it's something i look forward to doing more of yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's kind of where uh sonica wants to go some some more adventure races hopefully hopefully we can get some big groups going out there i think that would be a blast just having like you know a whole team of uh sonica team members you know out there grinding together yeah dude i think maybe here so you know i think we want to get into some like logistics of like the rim to rim to rim how we train for it and stuff like that maybe starting out too we should throw our, ca- our caveat in there of our version of rim to rim to rim and the uh the, the the struggle we hit like three weeks before we left so um i don't know if you want to pick up there on what happened like, like three weeks before we got on the plane with the north rim shutting down oh <laughs> Dude, so we, we, we i was we like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah our, yes. our our perfect plan for doing uh rim to rim to rim uh you know, as I say, you can't really, you can't force mother, mother nation or mother nature to, to follow your plan. So we were like three weeks away from flying out there doing the whole rim to rim to rim. And we found out the North rim of the grand Canyon was closed because of snow melt and washout. Um, and so we kind of really up to like the day, I think it was the morning of, well, actually, I mean, it was really during the, during the run, we, we were still kind of trying to figure out our plan. Um, because yeah, the final, I guess like seven miles of the route was closed out. So yeah when you take that round trip, that's 14 miles off. So we were, we really only had like 32 miles of trail we could run. Uh, and our goal was to do the whole thing. Yeah. So once you, if you look at a map of the grand Canyon, there's multiple ways to start and then get to the other end. Most people do South, South rim to North rim. North rim is a little bit higher, uh, in elevation. So our idea was to run, which I would not advise this because I think, there's the smarter people out here. And I think we're, we can give you guys a little bit of a, of some guidance on how to run this. If you guys are interested. Um, but most people started this South Khabib trail, which is a little bit higher. They run down towards bright angel camp trail. So there's two, two entry points on the South rim, the South Khabib and bright angel, bright angel, a little bit lower, a little bit easier to get down to bright angel. Um, but most people start at South Khabib because you, you know, you knock out a big elevation drop on that side. You get down to Bright Angel, and then you basically run f- on a f- relatively flat, which that's what we thought, but it was really just a steady incline for like, you know, 10 miles or so. And then you hit the wall to go up towards North Khabib. We didn't, we weren't able to get to North, the North Rim, North Khabib Trailhead. Pat was saying we we ended up getting to Cottonwood, right? It was like it was like just shy of Roaring Springs, right? I think it was Cottonwood Camp, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, yeah, because we were yeah, we were we were just past Cottonwood. It was right past Cottonwood. Um where the the river like completely washed out the trail. Um we get there and I remember Pat and I looking at each other and we we're like, oh, this is kind of wild. Like there's a waterfall going through, and then all of a sudden there was this girl just like <laughs> on the other side, and we were like, Oh my god, what is she doing? We we're sitting there just like you know, eating some snacks, whatnot. This girl starts like wading through the water, like chest deep, you know, it's exaggerated a little bit, but she uh, waded through, came out to the other side and we started like talking with her, like, Hey, what's up? Like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I just wanted to see how far I could go. And uh, that girl, Sydney Welch, awesome girl. Um, hopefully one day we'll get her on the podcast. And a side note, she's running this weekend with nine of the girls, none of her girlfriends, um, absolute savage, savage friend group. And going uh, back to the grand Canyon running again. Yeah. They're, they're running it again. So, but met her and all of her friends, which is a story that we can tell, but just amazing group of people that you you'll meet, um, running these things. Um, so we got to, we got to that point and we were like, all right, what do we do? Cause we were, do you remember how far in we were? Was it like 20 something miles or? I think we like, were, I think we were probably like 17 miles there. Cause uh, yeah. I think when we got back down to like the base camp, uh, Phantom Ranch, we were like 24 in. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So at that point we decided to just turn around cause you can't really, once you get past there, uh, there's like a no go zone. The park ranger was standing there and she was like, nah, like you guys aren't going any further. We are like, all right, sounds good. So we, we hightail it back towards bright angel and you the whole time you're carrying your own water, your own food. And we'll get into the logistics of that. But, um, from there we decided to hike up South Khabib trail, um, which is just essentially a vertical, a vertical cliff, just straight up. It's not like bright angel trailhead. Um, so what I would advise most people would be come across, bright angel and head back up bright angel trailhead it's a little bit less steep you can actually run most of it um and do the south khabib on the way down rather than bright angel yeah and i feel like you get a little more um i think you might get more shade on, on the bright angel trail too i know that was one thing we ran into was uh the south khabib trailhead was like we hit it at like 12 1 p.m and it was like probably the hottest part of the day. It wasn't even super hot, but the sun just beating down on us for like three hours as we hiked out of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And as you get further up, I mean, the, the temperature just absolutely escalates. Like I remember we got to, if you're coming up South Khabib, you know, the first part, it's called tip off. You get to tip off. It's like, all right, whatever is, um, then it's like barren, but you know, it's like barren and you're still climbing You get to this point called skeleton point And it was like, it was an easy 15 to 20 degrees hotter than when we were down in Bright Angel. And that was treacherous when you're, you know, closing in on 30 miles at that point and your water is, you know, for some of us running out. <laughs> yeah, dude, no water. So we got water at Phantom Ranch and then you, you start the ascent up nine miles up and like about five, 6,000 feet of climbing and there's no water until you get out of there. Yeah. So you're, you're carrying as much water as possible. Um, and yeah, don't, don't rely on any aid stations, but make sure you read ahead of time, see what aid stations are going to be open. Um, but always building those contingency plans in case there's no water. So we went 
I guess like three or four hours of climbing, no water. Travis, I think you ran out with like two hours left. I had a little bit of water left. I think I ran out like an hour after you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. And also know like before you get into this, know exactly how much water you're, you think you might consume on a, on a hot day. And then if it's not hot, then you, then you're good to go. But I mean, just to give you guys some context, um, South could be trailhead to the bottom of bright angel, which is like the bottom of the canyons down by the river. That's 7,200 feet of elevation gain. So, you know, for, for anybody that's an ultra runner, that seems like, you know, you're like, probably like, ah, whatever, that's not that big a deal. If you're just an average person running this, that is a, as a, that's a pretty hefty hike right there. We're, we're, and we are average people. <laughs> we are average people during this. Um, and so most of that way out, you're just power hiking. You're just kind of grinding, power hiking. Um, and during that time, like salt consumption is huge. So we had salt tabs, um, never underestimated the power of like some element or liquid IV or any of those. And Pat ran into a little issue. I'd say, I mean, what, like halfway up South Khabib? Yeah. yeah just cramping up. Just caught the cramp of my life. Like, and I felt like I was on top of hydration. I, I was knocking down element um, hydration packs, which has like a thousand milligrams of sodium and magnesium in it. Um, but I, I mean, still, I was just sweating so much. I mean, you can see our pictures from after we sweat stains all over us. So I'm hunched over in a full hamstring cramp, uh, full, like just full leg cramp. And uh, Travis is just feeding me salt tabs, like a horse eating <laughs> sugar cubes. <laughs> Uh, it saved my There's life. A, I went into pure bliss after that moment when my cramp released. There's a point where Pat is hunched over his poles. So you bring these hiking poles, which are savior when you're power hiking. And Pat's hunched over because he's cramping so bad. And I'm feeding him salt tabs <laughs> and goose, <laughs> which will save your life on this. Yeah. Absolutely save your life. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've heard some, um, some ultra runners like talk about this. Like Courtney Dowalter is like the goat of ultra running. I just listened to her on a podcast and she was talking about how um, she used to think she was like tough for like not staying on top of nutrition and like, you know, just like gutting it out um, when she was like first learning and just like how but you, you can't like, you can't just like tough out nutrition. Like at some point you're going to run out of your carbohydrates, you're going to run out of salt and you're going to be in trouble. So if you think like, oh, I'm just going to power through it. If you're going for like a long, you know, something like this is going to take you like north of 12 hours or you can't just gut it out. So you got to be prepared. No, not at all. Um, and so what, what we'll do for you guys, anybody that's interested in doing this, we'll, uh, we'll tag our, um, we kind of made a PowerPoint logistic PowerPoint with, uh, some of the, the key links that are given by like nps.gov, um, which kind of breaks down the whole like elevation gain exactly where you need to go, where the water points are, what time of year the water shuts off. So like certain times of year, the water shuts off completely because they're afraid of it freezing, which is extremely valuable if you're trying to run any time from now until uh, I think mid-March is when they come back on. Um, and then also there's some logistics that you need to know about before, like once you get to because you can't park at South Khabib. So if you want to take South Khabib down, let's say you start at 5 a.m., you got to get on a bus from Bright Angel, like the main camp, over to South Khabib, um, which is actually, it's it's relatively easy. You just got to know the bus schedule or just get there and then get on the first bus. But it runs, I believe, every about 20 minutes or so. Pat, you want to talk a little bit about what you brought on your 
on your body what 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 your pack consisted of yeah so i mean i'd say like essentials uh in terms of just equipment you need again um hiking poles are another thing that you think like oh i don't necessarily need them but they are they're really a game changer and travis and i didn't use them for the first like 20 something miles we didn't we didn't use them until we started climbing out uh and we quickly realized like how clutch they are and wish we would have used it a little bit more so hiking poles are great we also like never really practiced with them before we got there so recommend getting some poles and hitting a trail with them and just getting used to like what it feels like because yeah they're great um some good trail running shoes um and then like sun protection you're gonna be in the sun like all day so sunscreen we had bandanas shout out to yellow bandana um giving us some sun protection um and then like a good water pack. I can't even remember. I think mine was like a seven liter, like Nathan pack. Um, I could carry like 60 ounces of water in the back and I had two collapsibles up front that had like 15 ounces each. So carrying cl- like 90 ounces of water on me when totally topped off, um, which was pretty clutch. And then in terms of food, um, you know, like after so long, like goose and stuff, like are going to just not taste good. And you kind of have to know that because you, you can think like, oh, I'm just going to pack like 20 goos and just crush those. But you got to realize that it's going to upset your stomach. It's not going to be great. So try to bring some like real, as much real food as you can, I would say, like, you know, calorically dense stuff. So for me, um, that was like a big bag of, or not a, not a huge bag, but a good size bag of trail mix with some nuts um, and some dried fruit um, for some good, you know, good calorie rich and, and some more good carbs. Um, and then Travis and I packed like a couple sandwiches. We made some like banana tortilla things and like a turkey tortilla thing. Um, that was like pretty clutch to get like an actual, some real food in after you'd been, you know, running for like six or seven hours and, and wanted something to gnaw on. I feel like that was like the, yeah. And then salt tabs, um, that, yeah, I definitely learned my lesson that salt tabs are my biggest friend. So, you know, when I, when we did the 50 miler, uh, about a month ago, I was popping salt tabs like they're going out of style uh, just to make sure I was not going to cramp. And then, you know, I'll have to probably throw a plug out there. Like you should probably have some first aid on you. I think we might've had a little bit. Of, I think we had some aspirin maybe, but I'd say don't follow our, our lid on that. We probably didn't do the best job of that, but yeah, be smart. I mean, really like they, like the, the park rangers and stuff will warn you, like you really are on your own when you do this. Um, so don't put yourself in like a compromising you know situation where, you know, you might need more aid than you brought yourself. Anything I missed there? Anything you want to add there, Travis? No, I, th- I think the uh, another thing to note is that down in Bright Angel, there is a campground. There's a essentially a, a restaurant down there that you can grab some snacks. If you are running low, there's water down there. They do sell lemonade. The lemonade, we did not have it, but yeah. I've heard great reviews about their lemonade. So, um, you know, get, get some uh, ice cold lemonade while you're down there, while you can, uh, before the ascent back up. Yeah, which definitely. Would be clutch. But yeah, you know, the, the goos will only take you so long. So having some real substance is definitely key. You know, I think one thing that I really enjoyed was uh like the the mustard on the sandwich. I don't know if you're if anybody else is a mustard fan, but mustard helps with cramping, helps with a lot of things. So some sandwiches with some mustard, get just something with the calories and also proteins uh, yeah. definitely helps a lot. And then make sure you're taking a lot of uh, carbohydrates, like tailwind is huge, which I think one thing that we found out during the 50 miler that we just did tailwind really saved saved our ass multiple times like that was that was kind of wild um so yeah definitely like don't underestimate the amount of food that you'll need while you're doing this 
um, and be prepared to, you know, have a cramp or the sun really does start beating down on you on the way back. You know, if you start early enough, the first couple hours aren't too bad, but once it hits, you know, 10, 10 o'clock in the Canyon, nothing's really going to stop the sun from just absolutely beating down on you. So be prepared for that. Yeah. You want to hit on it quickly, like some of the, you know, how you train for this, maybe different than from other races. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll do a full on, in the show notes, we'll do a full, uh, like pack out of what we actually, what we packed, um, and let you guys know how much we had in our pack. And then we did have a lot of leftover, uh, which, you know, in, in the, in the grand scheme of thing, like you, that's just extra weight. So to a healthy balance of how much you pack and then how much you want to have at the end, uh, leftover, uh, for training, training Pat and I were kind of confused about what we should be doing, but had some, had some advice for some buddies and, uh, the stairmaster is your ultimate friend. Like that is, you know, the, the, you cannot underestimate how much climbing you're going to do. And I think one thing that we learned pretty quickly, you know, the first, the first descent is about a seven mile descent. If you go bright angel, um, which we were jogging down, which just tears up your, tears up your quads. So if you can do some downhill running, it's not, it's not as easy as it, you might think. So like, Make sure you get some downhill running going, hit the Stairmaster, and then just log some miles, uh, more miles, more smiles. I think I've heard a couple people say so. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, yeah, I think the Stairmaster is one thing I I think I've just had in my head that like, oh, I need to get more and more miles in um, and definitely learned that. I think I did a good job of balancing the Stairmaster for rim to rim to rim training. Um, like I, I felt like, you know, I, I, cr- I cramped up, but I felt pretty strong climbing and all. And I realized like doing the 50 mile training, I should have done probably more Stairmaster and less miles. Um, so Do you remember the, the miles and the hours of Stairmaster you did a week. Um, I think I peaked, I have a spreadsheet for it of it too. So if anyone wants to hit me up, but I think I peaked around like 40 miles of running and like around three hours on the Stairmaster. Um, which was like, I mean, it definitely took a lot of time, but like, if you can somehow work out, like going for a run in the morning and then hitting a Stairmaster at some point, like later in the day, I think it's good to kind of get both of those in, in one day. But yeah, one thing I wish I would have done is maybe substitute one of my running days for just like an hour on the Stairmaster. The first time you do an hour on Stairmaster, I mean, it's pretty mind numbing and not a lot of fun, but it's another thing that I learned, like, you know, you go on the Stairmaster for 10 minutes the first time and you're like, this is brutal. And then you go 15, 20 minutes and you can kind of build up that tolerance. Um, yeah, definitely just getting used to more time on the Stairmaster is good. Cause again, like we ended up climbing for what, like three hours out of the Canyon. So yeah. one hour on the Stairmaster is like a third of that. Right. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely don't psych yourself out. If you maybe take six miles off a week of running so that you can spend, you know, 30 minutes to an hour on the Stairmaster. Yeah. Yeah. I think during that time, I'm fortunate enough to have the ability to run commute. And so I was getting a lot of my miles during the week run commuting, which is about an eight mile round trip. So I'd run in and I'd hit 20 minutes on the Stairmaster after I get in. And then when I leave, I hit 20 minutes again and do the four miles out. Um, and while you're doing this, you know, cannot stress enough, keep the strength, the strength program going never yeah. stop the strength program. That'll, that'll save you in the long run. Yeah. I think what Pat said about the, the hour long sessions on the Sarah master will really, 
pay dividends in the end. So hit the Stairmaster for an hour, hour and a half, try to push for as long as you can. And then like another thing that I would have really, really liked to do would be do the Stairmaster straight into running. I think the, like kind of going back and forth on that would, uh, would definitely prepare you a lot for what's to come in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Pat, do you want to, do you want to hit on going into like some of the lessons learned, like any, any major lessons learned that we haven't hit on already? Honestly, I think, I think that was the Stairmaster is honestly what I was going to go to with kind of like lesson learned. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I said like, yeah, that's really the main one. I mean, you can only kind of prepare so much for, for that 46 miles. Um, especially if you're like me and I think like you, Travis, like doing, doing the rim to rim to rim. That was like my first ultra really first big trail kind of adventure. So, um, yeah, there's only so much you can do to train for it. So, you know, just kind of be ready to adapt once you're in there, in there. prepare as much as you can beforehand. Yeah. I guess going into kind of takeaways too. It's just, it's such like a, I just highly encourage anyone that's like interested in anything like this to, to go for it. Whether that's even just like planning kind of like a multi-day, like backpacking trip, like in an area near you, you know, it's so much fun to like train for like a race, like a, like a, a road race, like a marathon or half marathon. But I've gotten a lot of, you know, personal joy out of spending more time kind of in nature through doing something like this or just running on trails. So that was a huge takeaway for me doing this. Uh, and yeah, just encourage like other people to kind of give it a shot. What about you? Lessons from in the Canyon, you know, this may be common sense, but sometimes we're common sense illiterate. So there's no service in the bottom of the Canyon. Yeah. So, you know, download, download all trails, make sure you have the map just so you know where you are. That helps. It's a mental, that helps with the, the mentality going through, you know, being able to check the map and be like, all right, I got three miles to the top or a mile until bright angel. Um, Cause all trails does work when you're in the Canyon. So that was huge uh, being able to have all trails and then just study the map and know, like know the waypoints, know where bright angel is and went to a bright angel, like how far it is to the next camp where there's water. And I felt like we did a pretty good job of knowing exactly how far we were needed to do needed to go before the next water water station, which, you know, when you're, when you're running 30 plus miles, you need to know where the water is. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah. So I think, uh, uh I think almost to wrap this up, we gotta, we gotta quickly talk about Sedona and Flagstaff and kind of how we, we rounded out the trip because as much fun as we had in the Grand Canyon, I think building in time in Sedona and Flagstaff was sick. And we had Sean Spence, shout out to Sean Spence, shout out, shout out to the, uh, to the really the namesake of the podcast, giving us the or of the of the Sonico movement, uh, giving us something that never comes. So shout out to Sean, having like having him out there hanging out with us was sick. But you know we went to we we were staying in Munns Park, which is like an hour and a half or so south of uh, the Grand Canyon, which is an awesome area. Um, I highly recommend people like checking that out. But really, just like that triangle between there, Flagstaff and Sedona, is so sick. So. Uh, the day after we finished running, we went to Sedona and just like spent the day there. Um, we like try to get some blood go- uh, going by doing like a little hike that took us through a river, which was sick because the river was like freezing. So almost got like a little ice bath action um, and then just ate so much food in Sedona. Uh, that was definitely a highlight. You know, highlight was just like hanging in Sedona after. 
and running into a, a very famous celebrity. Uh, we, we saw Lil Nas X, uh, li- like li- literally hanging out of his Jeep, um, <laughs> and, uh, rapping Nicki Minaj. So it was all, it was just like, it was a crazy day, a ton of fun, but highly recommend like building out some time to hang out in Sedona and hanging out in Flagstaff. We, we got to run into Sydney and the girls we met in the Canyon totally by chance. We were just like eating dinner and saw Sydney and them walk by outside. But we had like, we went to a brewery and kind of just relaxed. And honestly, I think that's where we really started like hashing out some of these ideas for what we wanted to accomplish with, with Sonico. So yeah, I, t- I totally enjoyed being there. I don't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Flagstaff has a lot going for it. It's kind of a groovy town, um, to include some groovy sunglasses. So <laughs> while you're there, uh, you know, get yourself some six, six wag. Yeah. And you know, they may look like DJ sunglasses or yeah. DJ Poly D or something like that, but nonetheless, they're pretty sweet and yeah. Enjoy the, enjoy the culture that's in Flagstaff. I think a, a big highlight for me was probably, probably the people we met on the trails and then just being in a place that is just like breathtaking at every, every corner, you know, no matter where you were, you could look up and you just like, it's very surreal, like where you are. So yeah. Enjoy the moment, enjoy where you are and uh, especially enjoy the people that you're with. I can't say that enough for a running partner that day. Patty F baby. <laughs> it was a glorious day. I get the, with, with all that in mind, um, we're seriously trying to build out a, a trip to go back and, and bring friends with us. So if you're at all interested, we're, we're, we're eyeing like next fall, October, so time frame to go back out there and do it again, looking for some fun people to do it with. So um, make sure if, if you're listening to this and you're at all interested, hit us up. We're going to come up with a sick plan to, you know, the goal would be to rent out a big house, bring a bunch of friends out there and make a big uh, weekend out of it. So let yeah. us know if you're interested. Be the first uh, Team Sonico outing. Uh, yeah. Probably easiest way to let us know that you're interested would be reach out to at Team Sonico on Instagram. We also have uh, Team Sonico at gmail.com. But, or if you know us, just reach out to us personally. That's, that's also easy. <laughs> but yeah, like that is something that we're really interested in. And we'd love to get a big group together to kind of share that experience with, you know, whether it's, whether you want to do the full rim to rim to rim, um, all capabilities are welcome. We'd love that. And, or if you just want to do a hike down to the river or just see the grand Canyon, you yeah. know, that's also welcome. So yeah. all experiences and all skill levels are welcome to join. And that's something that we, we've been like trying to harp on this entire time is that it doesn't matter how, how fast you are, how far you can run like you, you matter to us, you matter yeah. to team Sonico and like your skill level is not necessarily going to dictate who you are in our mind. Um, like it's just at the end of the day, it's, it's about the experience and the community that we bring together. So yeah, for sure. Well, um, hope you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit more about rim to rim to rim special event for us. If you listen this far, we really appreciate you. Uh, we hope you, listen to uh our episodes as far our our interview with gilda doria is out um a huge huge friend of ours and uh a big again another big motivator and i don't know travis i think i think if they listen this far we should go ahead and give them a little sneak peek of who's coming next you cool with that yeah absolutely yeah. another big friend of the pr- program we got paul quisenberry uh we got the interview with him releasing next 
super stoked to be able to share Paul's story. I'm an absolute savage of going from Naval Academy football to being an infantry officer to the NFL, wrapping up while he's also uh, just an incredible surfer and awesome dude. So um, look forward to that coming out about a week after this one drops. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you all listening. Like the show, follow, share with a friend. Uh, we appreciate the support. Much love, Team Sonico. Hey, team. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Sonico Project. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you subscribe and rate the podcast and consider sharing with someone you think would benefit from the show. Follow us on Instagram at Team Sonico. Press on and peace out. Pat and Trav. Hey.